Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Welcome to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as Arr. I'm Amanda. Are you, there's a, are you part of a Alestorm? Are those other pirate bands? Yes. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't look at Evan when I did that. Uh, this I, is the podcast that works through the Rockwell Hall of Fame's list of 200 definitive albums. And sometimes it's rough. <laughs> um, I'm just going to get into it because I'm sure from the episode titles, if you even clicked on this one to listen, you're like, why the fuck are they doing this one? Well, I'll get into it. So this week we're doing R. Kelly's R. It was released November 20th, 1998, and it's 122 on this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. So before I get into any background information, I have a very large disclaimer. Okay. This is going to be a very different episode from our normal Friday episodes. Uh, First of all, this podcast is focusing on the music. Not necessarily the artist, and these Friday episodes are centered around one album at a time from an artist. Again, not the artist's personal life. We do not condone the actions of R. Kelly, but we are covering the album simply because it's on the Rock Roll Hall of Fame list. That list is from 2007, long before anything really came to light. So it's on this list, that's why we're covering it. It, it's still we're 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 going to separate the artist from the music. We're gonna start personal life aside. That's not what this is. This right. is looking at this album. That being said, I don't think I've ever had so much trouble finding information about any of these albums as I did with R. Just about everything I was able to find was about his legal issues. And with a title like R, I wasn't confident that I'd really find anything anyway. And I was right. I spent hours just scrolling through Google trying to find anything I could use for this episode before I finally gave up and decided that I needed to move on. So as much as it pains me, I used Wikipedia as my main source. And and Which is fine. I mean, you can use it as a jumping off point and you can see it says it gives you this and you can go try and find that. Except when it comes to an artist who has been accused and convicted of certain things, then those links no longer work. Because so many people want to disassociate themselves from this. I did that. I went to the bottom and I started clicking on links and almost everything was already removed. But regardless of the link being the link not functioning you can still see the original right. source material yeah so you can determine hey here's a here's a piece of information okay find the source this looks like a reputable source whether right. or not you can link the actual article and read more on that but right. you can at least find yeah. a general information of where this came from so like i said i use wikipedia i'm not happy about it and i'm sorry also this is going to be short so I'm sorry for that as well. So here we go. R is R. Kelly's third solo album and was released as a double album. It was the first time the artist worked with other producers instead of doing it itself. 
and that's literally it. <laughs> I don't have any real information about this one. So if anyone could help me out, that would be amazing. Like, I I struggled so much. And he, he had just released, not too long ago, he released an album from prison. On Wikipedia, there is not much about this. There's a whole page dedicated to this album, but there's not much. And Evan's getting on his phone. He's trying to look up stuff. I, I can't. So here's the cultural of it. Um, R went to number one on the R&B and hip hop albums chart and 32 on the Billboard 200. It sold over 612,000 copies within its first week. It would go on to sell over one, one, uh, 12.4 million copies over the world and remains his best-selling album to date. The singles released were I Believe I Can Fly, which, is, which hit number one and was actually released two years prior on the Space Jam sound, soundtrack. And Kelly won a Grammy for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals and was nominated for two others. And that's all I have. So thanks to wikipedia.org for our, our Kelly album. Here's a SwedishCharts.com link. Does it work? I, uh, it, it took me somewhere. So uh, it looks like it has a track listing for it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm upset. But like as we've we've been doing some of these albums, we, you know, we'll come across a few, and then just about everything I find is so hard up on one particular aspect of that artist or of the album. Like with Michael Jackson's Thriller, so much of it was about the music video for Thriller. Um, with Tool, so much of it was about... Um, the one specific song. Lateralis, yeah. And so it's, you know, it's it's... Everything is centered around one thing. For this particular artist... It is very understandable why everything is centered around one particular thing. Um, so I wasn't real happy. But, it, you know, like I said, it was on this list, so we had to do it. Um, and I'm sorry I couldn't give you any more information about it. But we're just going to move on to reviews. So, Evan, give me your review. Well, how much time do we want to spend talking about reviews? Just do a normal review, and if this is a short episode, it's a short episode. Happy Friday. <laughs> I want to pull up the track. I recognized I Believe I Can Fly. Right. I don't think I knew that was from Space Jam. I, How do you not know that's from Space Jam? Or not from Space Jam? Evan, have you ever seen Space Jam? Yes, it's flipped up on the shelf. Have you ever seen the second one? That's not That's not the question. Evan. Yes, I have seen Space Jam. Do you know how long ago it's been since I've been seen Space Jam? Probably about as long as I have, but seriously, like, everybody knows this song is from Space Jam. Apparently not. Evan! Evan! Like, <laughs> just keep going. So, you know Leo What's-His-Name on YouTube? The metal covers guy? Yeah. So I heard his version of it, I was like, I recognize this song. Why do I know this song? Because it's from Space Jam. And then I heard this. I was like, oh. Idiot. Okay, I guess I do know the song. So it's not... The music aspect of it is not a bad album. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... It, again, it's not one of those that I'd listen to consistently. Regardless of personal life, it's just not my style. Right. It'd be... If the same thing of... Let's say somebody in... Let's use Ozzy. You know, forgetting and all of that, 
the music I still like. I can still separate the music from the artist. You know, I I appreciate the music. I don't appreciate appreciate the artist. Mm-hmm. I can I can separate that. This is not part of that. This is I don't care for the music in general. It's not something. It's not that I'm not going to listen to anything to support the artist because I don't like the music. It's not it's not a conscious choice that you know right. what I mean. Right. It's it's just not something that I care for in particular. Uh, it's it's not the album doesn't sound bad. It's just one of those that it 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 kind of felt like Fillmore where it, it just kind of felt like a long album though. it was a long album and it was one of the i think that was more my problem with it than the style is it was okay are we done yet no damn it we still got another hour it's kind of like um the notorious big one it just took a lot to get through mm-hmm. it wasn't it didn't sound bad it was just it was just a lot so I mean, it's still like B minus C plus range, just because it, the like I said, the music's not bad. It just it just I couldn't get through it easily, mm-hmm. and that's that's a that's one of the big things on the rubric that I still haven't given you yet. But it, it's how how easy is it for me to listen to this album? Right. So, so my, my B turn. minus C plus. Okay, my turn. Yep. So I, of course, know who R. Kelly is and all the negativity surrounding him, but I'm not really familiar with his work. Other than I Believe I Can Fly? And Remix to Ignition. Okay. Yeah. I vaguely Um, recognize that one, too. But that's not... Was that after this? I think so. Um, But that's literally it. I just never got into anything of him, of his. So musically, I wasn't sure what to expect here. The opening track was good. I really like this era of, of the R&B sound. I'm not sure how to explain that better, but I've kind of been enjoying this era. Like, the who was in this era? This was like Alicia Keys, early mm-hmm. Destiny's Child. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I didn't actually want to keep anything. After a while, I started thinking that it was just very repetitive, and I didn't understand why it was even a double album. I was really expecting to recognize something at some point while I listened, but that never happened until the last song, which was I Believe I Can Fly. Um, I thought the one with Celine Dion was vaguely familiar, but I couldn't say say for sure. Um, I really wasn't impressed with this. No, it musically it sounds it sounds fine, like from a production standpoint, but there's nothing here that really stands out as being. Yeah like a like a oh this is this is why this album is on this list yeah so after, and i don't even know why it you said it's like in the 120s yeah after finding the very little background information i was kind of hoping to deduce on my own why this album was on this list but i've got nothing you know and maybe if we had what five years ago started to look into this album before everything kind of yeah got scrubbed be different um I really have no clue. I don't like it at all. Um, side note, double low, double, down low double life now means something much different. Um, it was so gross. It. I don't know if you really listened to the lyrics of it, but I did. And, and you regret your, yeah. you regret the choices that led you to I hear. feel dirty. I'm keeping nothing. And I gave it a D minus. <laughs> now, did you give it a D minus because of the the personal aspect or no, because of the music aspect separated. like i did not like okay. this album at all okay i did not 
No. Even though you like this kind of style? Yeah, I but it just it felt so repetitive. It was like the same stuff okay. over and over and over again. I was say cuz I I wanted I wanted to make sure that we're ranking it on its artistic merits. Yeah, and if it was if it was half the size, I probably would have rated it a little higher, but it just it was all unnecessary. Okay. Um, I, I just wanted to so clarify our baseline. Yeah, I'll get I'll get into my final thoughts. R. Kelly is a talented singer, but his reputation and career is now forever fucked up because of his personal choices. I didn't care for this album, but as I said, I did know Remix to Ignition, and I do like that song. I know he had a lot of fans, and I'm sure his other stuff is good, but I'm hesitant on whether or not I want to listen to anything else. If it's mostly like this album, I'm out. I do ever... I do, however, now kind of want to watch Space Jam. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I'm sorry it's so short. I really did. Like, I spent an entire morning scrolling and scrolling and typing up different things just to try to get anything that I could find for this background. And I, I'm assuming that if this list has been updated... Like, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ever gets updated. Because you notice, I only had Wikipedia. I didn't even have Brett Sweets to help me out. I'm wondering if it would even be on the list at all. I think had it been updated before everything happened, possibly. But again, without getting, without being able to go and find out more of this information. Right. I would imagine... If it, if it's still on the top two hundred, I'm imagining it's low on this list. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Evan, let's uh, lighten the mood, and you can take us to birthdays. Okay. So this is January twelfth. So American country music singer William Lee Golden from the Oak Ridge Boys. Okay, I've heard of the Oak Ridge Boys. 1981 U.S. number five single Elvira. 1948. 39. Long John Baldry. Vocals for bluesology and solo artist. 1967 U.K. number one single Let the Heartaches Begin. Here's an interesting one. Died of a chest infection. I, I'm not quite sure what that means. In 2005. What was the last one? 39. 44. 41. There's not really a whole lot of birthdays that I'm seeing so far. Well, this episode blows. I know. American musician, composer, singer, and producer George Duke. He released over 30 solo albums, of which A Brazilian Love Affair from 1980 was his most popular. Duke worked with other musicians, particularly Frank Zappa, and also appeared on Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album. 50. 46. Okay, here's a group, here's a band that you will know. You wouldn't know who this person was. I don't know, I'm going to assume that it's Felipe. Okay. F-E-L-I-P-E, Rose, from American disco group The Village People. Really? And I don't know which one he is. Uh, they had the hit singles. There are four of them. Uh, YMCA. YMCA is actually 
1978 U.S. number two. Uh, in the Navy. In the Navy. You'll know. You should know one of the other two. Macho Man. Yep. What's the other one? Go West. Oh, I don't know that one. The group's name refers to. Uh, I don't know. New York City's Greenwich Village, at the time known for its large gay population. Oh, I didn't know that. That's nice. I, you need a birthday. Yes. 52. 54. Okay, we're going to do two more just because the names are fun. We're going to do at least two more, okay? So, I'm going to say that these are both the same year. So I'm going to give you both names and both sets of information, and you're just going to do a blanket year for both. Okay? Okay. So we have Swedish pop singer-songwriter, guitarist, Per Gessel, P-E-R-G-E-S-S-L-E, with Swedish group Roxette, who had the 1990 U.S. number one and U.K. number three single, It Must Have Been Love. I know that song. And we have... Blixa Bargold from Australian rock band Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, who have released over 15 studio albums, including the 2013 Australian number one, Push the Sky Away. But same years? Yeah. Blixa, B-L-I-X-A, Bargold, B-A-R-G-E-L-D. Um, 56. 59. So... We're going to make you feel old, kind of. Charlie Gillingham, Gillingham, keyboardist from American rock band Counting Crows, who had the 1994 UK hit single, Mr. Jones. You don't realize that song's that old. They received a 2004 Academy Award nomination for their song, Accidentally in Love, which was included in what film? Uh, Shrek? Shrek 2. Shrek 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, 63. 60. American rapper Raekwon from Wu-Tang Clan, who had the 1997 U.S. and U.K. number one album Wu-Tang Forever. Uh, 68. 68. You got one right. I did. Would you like to end now or would you like to... Would you like a chance to double your money? I'm playing money? Playing for for money? When yes. did this happen? Yes, you're playing for prizes. Um, let's keep going. Let's see how long it takes before I lose it. Okay. This is the very next question. Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine. We had the nineteen ninety six US number one album, Evil Empire, and the nineteen ninety three UK number sixteen single Bullet in the Head. Sixty nine. 70. Damn it. You lost all your monies. But I will give you one one more chance to redeem yourself, okay? Okay. Zane Malik from English Irish pop boy band One Direction. The way you said it, okay. I feel like I'm going to be mad. They finished third on the series of X Factor in 2010. Does that help you at all? So I'm going to say the 90s. 94. 93. I'm going to give you a thing for this day in history, and you're going to you're going to have to come up with who the band is, okay? January 12th, 1969. 
Their debut album was released in the UK. Recorded at this studio, the album took only about 36 hours of studio time to complete at a cost of just 1,782 pounds, most of the tracks being recorded live in the studio with very few overdubs. The album spent a total of 71 weeks on the UK chart. Can I have a hint? More than what you just gave me? It's a debut album. In, in what year? 69. I can give you a hint. If you would like. So it's a U.S. band that debuted in, this. their album debuted in the U.K. I can give you another hint if you'd like. Yes. Their second album, which was also on this list that we have already covered, was released in the same year. And you've got two choices. I don't know. It's so much information. Who is it? Zeppelin. Okay. Because the, the their debut album and their second album, which is on the list, also applies to Black Sabbath. Mm. But Black Sabbath is 1970. In 1974, the Steve Miller Band were at number one on the U.S. singles chart with... It was I, one of three number ones. I can't name a Steve Miller Band song. I don't know. Yeah, they have a song about a magical, da- about a magical dog. Labracadabrador. Okay. You don't know Abracadabra? I do know Abracadabra. Did I know it was Steve Miller Band? No. How about Fly Like an Eagle? Did I know it was them? No. How about The Joker? Again. Which is the correct answer. Oh my god. In 1977, Keith Richards was fined 750 pounds, which is the equivalent of 1,275 American, for possession of what? That was found in his car after he had been involved in a car crash. Marijuana. Think harder. Cocaine. Cocaine. Okay. I'm slightly confused. So, January 12th, 1981. It was reported that the White House had expanded its record library. And I'm unclear if that is referring to Reagan who was elected in 80, but I don't think was in the White House yet, or if that's referring to Carter, who was on his way out of the White House. So that's a that's a separate thing. But either way, whoever it was likes Bob Dylan kissing the Sex Pistols. <laughs> okay. I recognize the name, but I can't think of why offhand. Bob Geldof? Is he the one who played Pink in The Wall? But you're right, that name does sound familiar. Was arrested after a disturbance on a Boeing 727, which had been grounded for five hours at Stansted Airport in 1992. So here's here's another trivia question for you. I'm going to give you information, but I'm not going to give you all of the information, okay? Okay. In 1993... This person, and it's it seems like it would be associated as a solo act, failed to turn up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction dinner, making him the first living inductee to not in, to not attend. I don't know. You know at least one song by this individual. <laughs> and it has to do with a body part. Specific pair of body parts. Legs. No. Arms. Eyes. Higher. Okay, eyes. You're close. So now how many songs 
Brown-Eyed Girl. Which is by? Jim Morrison. Close. Who? Van Van Morrison. Morrison. (laughs) We'll get there eventually. Jim Morrison is from The Doors, which vans have doors, so there you go. (laughs) Good enough. In 2002, this person had the posthumous UK number one single. Uh, This person was killed in August of 2001 in a plane crash in the Bahamas. Aaliyah? Mm Mm-hmm. What's the song? I can hear it. I don't know. What is it? More Than a Woman. Okay. In 2010, I have no idea who this person is, so I can't help you there. Shaken Stevens was found guilty of hitting a press photographer with a microphone stand during a concert. The Welsh singer who scored number ones in the 80s and... Who scored number ones in the 80s was fined 300 pounds for assault and criminal damage and ordered to pay the photographer 479 pounds to compensate for his damaged camera lens. All right. In 2013, the 1974 Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow used by Freddie Mercury until his death in November 1991 sold at auction for how much? And I'm going to give you some information about the car. Okay? Okay. 62,000 miles, which had a guide price of 9,000 to 11,000 pounds, featured gray leather, wood trim, electric windows, automatic gearbox, a car phone, and radio cassette player, and a 6.75 liter V8 engine. And this car was 1974. So I'm assuming that stuff's fancy for that time frame. Two million. 74,000 pounds. Okay. So, I don't know how I'm going to approach this one, but I'm going to approach this one cautiously, I guess. So, Miley Cyrus le- released Flowers as a lead single from her eighth studio album in 2023. Mm-hmm. It broke the record as the most streamed song in a week on Spotify during its first and second week, and broke the record as the sp- fastest song in Spotify history to surpass one billion streams in how many days? Three. 112. So you were off just a little bit. It debuted atop the Billboard Global 200 chart and reached number one in how many countries? 14. 43. (laughs) So again, you're off by just a little bit. All right. I I can't believe that song's a year old, but thank you for listening. And again, I'm sorry. You can find us on inst- Instagram and threads at Worst Pod on Mars and Facebook at The Worst Podcast on Mars. Send us an email on worstpodonmars at gmail.com. Uh, you can support us by leaving a rating and a review. And please, if you're going to do so, don't make it about the fact that we did our Kelly. We told you we were doing our Kelly because of the fact that it was on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list and we didn't pick it out of our own free will. Thank you. Um, but come back next week. Can we... I have a question for you before you... Tell us what we're doing in the next week and all that. Hmm. Do you have any recommendations? Because that's a thing that we apparently don't do anymore. I don't right now because I am watching Ozark, a show that came out several years ago. <laughs> I'm behind. Do you have a recommendation since you brought it up? Yeah. Space Jam. That's fair. Let's watch Space Jam. But come back next week when we're going to do Dave Matthews Band Crash. Bye-bye.